This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. It's, it was a weird thing to stand in a hospital room, not a real hospital, obviously, but some poor person, another actor, is lying on a gurney having a heart attack, and I'm there holding them and basically having an orgasm while they're having a heart attack. That's a weird thing to go into work to do. Hello and welcome to Black Mirror Cracked, the podcast for all your Black Mirror needs. My name's Sachandrika and I'll be your host. Today we have one of the stars of the stories in Black Museum. We have Daniel LePayne, who played the ill-fated Dr. Peter Dawson. So he's going to Skype in and talk to us about removing his teeth for art and uh, and he says the word orgasm quite a lot as well. So um, here we go. Um you know, because we wanted it to look authentic without, you know, but also horrific, but without being sort of over the top as well. But, um, but God, where did we start? Let's go back to, to Doug. I mean, I think Doug had a really hard job, but we all sort of hit the ground running with this. There wasn't a lot of prep time, um, which I think is a testament to the team who put it together because it looks brilliant. But often in TV, you don't get a lot of, you know, lead up time. And in this one, I think especially we didn't have a we didn't have all that long but um so i think doug sort of as i said you know we hit the ground running and doug had a this huge sort of not only the part but sort of the journey and sort of just understanding this whole three different four different worlds he had to sort of inhabit so i think my stuff as crazy as it sounds um was sort of fairly straightforward um even though it was obviously insane and um out there but um you know in terms of the storytelling i think it was sort of pretty straightforward so i think doug and i just sort of mutually agreed that we would have fun and sort of try and make it as clear and do the best job that we could i think yeah, i think you're right it's just your classic storyline lifted from a doctor's episode in many ways so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly um no it was a yeah no exactly i mean it's sort of you know it, it's a story about i mean although he's a doctor it's a story about addiction i think and you know and and i mean it's it's great for you know as an actor because you get to go on this sort of massive roller coaster journey in in a very short amount of time so i mean for me the most important thing was sort of plotting you know getting from the beginning to the end and sort of all the bits in between and so you know, I mean, sort of. You, I, I did the normal things I would do as an actor when you prepare for a part, but this sort of was like. I mean, it was always a question for me of how extreme I could take it. Um, and I remember saying to the director, Colin McCarthy, I said when we first spoke about doing it, I said, "I'm just going to go for it, and you just have to tell me when it's too much," because um, that's all you can really do. I think you have to sort of throw yourself in there. I think. I think it's because it starts off with someone who seems you know, like a doctor, like someone normal and someone we can understand. And it goes, yeah. like it ends on a really cartoonish note and a very Black Mirror note. Yeah, yeah. But, um, a a Brooker-esque moment, yes. I think, at the end. 
if, if, if that's a word, I don't know, maybe we can invent that 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 as a verb or a noun. Um, they just the pan down the bed and it's like the smile <laughs> on the face. And they're like, oh, I forgot. Yeah, yeah. Like it felt like a, a throwback to the Channel 4 episodes. <laughs> it felt like not. it wasn't on Netflix, like an American audience. Right, exactly. It's and I won't, tell you, I won't tell you what was under that sheet. Um, but yeah, no, it was, it was definitely um, Charlie's sense of humour coming through, which was great. I thought it was a really sort of funny, clever way to end it. But yeah, you start to question how much of it is real. But it sort of doesn't matter for the audience whether it's real or not. But it's just it's the it's the relish and the enjoyment of telling those sort of twisted stories that that it, what is what makes Rollo such a great character. I think and what makes the audience sort of love hate him. I think as well, you know. Um, but yeah, no, it's it was gr- great to be sort of a part of his you know twisted <laughs> twisted mind and and sort of you know be a part of that sort of journey and story as well what's it like to get your second black mirror script because i've done my research <laughs> and actually rewatch because the entire history of you is like up there as a favorite episode and i rewatched it and i was like thank god i did this now rather than talking to you and being like oh is this the first time you've you know thank god I yeah did i that. didn't know that it was such a big i i d- didn't feel like it was such a big deal until sort of i was made aware of the whole sort of easter egg thing and you know things repeating and stuff and and so for me as an actor you know you, you're a bit of a mercenary you sort of you know you jump in and do you know different jobs here and there but i sort of didn't realize that that would mean something to certain members of the audience and that people maybe would try and read into that as well um and i sort of ended up asking charlie i was like is am i am i the same guy that I want, like, is there any sort of, you know, resonance? And anyway, so I, I, I won't tell you his answer, but it, it, it's it's great. I mean, it was very flattering to be asked back into the family again. Into the... Oh, tell us the answer. Go on, what did he say? <laughs> well, no, I sort of quite like the idea that it was somehow the same sort of guy doing a different job, living in a different country. But anyway, because I, I, I like the idea that it's all, you know, part of one universe, you know, the, the Black Mirror world is sort of, you know, which I think is why Black Museum is such an interesting episode because it feels like it's sort of, you know, it, it feels like you're, you, you somehow, you know, that the the world is is sort of contained within that world or that episode. Do you know what I mean? I mean, you you, you guys are probably a bit more clued in about sort of what, what's going on and the repetition and stuff and Easter eggs and all that sort of stuff. I'm not I'm not maybe so up to date on that stuff. So you're watching TV and that, yeah. that kind of recurring story of the dead weather girl. Right. Which, you know, it's really important. Yeah. And someone somehow has got some Blade Runner, zoom in, zoom in, go in, <laughs> and they can read the little ticker bit. I love that. I, I love mean, my, that. My laptop wouldn't do that. But it's, and, so, it's... and so what was, what was it? What was the... <laughs> What was the ticket? Is it relating to another episode? Yeah, they always ask that yeah, Johnny Brooker that's uses. So good. Because, you know, his background of screen wipe and being yeah. kind of satirical yeah. TV columnist, he yeah. always uses those news tickers. He, he satirizes news, which I think is part of yeah. why there's a lot of fans here in the Daily Mail yeah. newsroom. So I can't remember that exact one, but I think possibly Cookies of Rights. Or so he's so brilliant and he so thinks everything through. Even though, um, oh, what was I saying? No, even though, you know, the stuff that. I was asked to do was really extreme. Um, you know, a- as an actor, you don't mind if it's for someone like Charlie because he's so at the top of his game and he's so, he's a, you know, he's such a sort of detailed and um, brilliant storyteller um, that you actually feel like you're in safe hands when you're, when you're working with him, even though you might have to do such extreme things. You, you, you know, as an actor, you don't mind because, 
because you know that he, he's got the whole sort of world in his head and he's got it all worked out down to the very smallest detail. Is he, is he there on set quite a lot? Or is I think he... they were sort of bodding about, but he, he lets the director and the, you know, he lets the director and us and everyone do their job, you know, which I think is also great because he, he knows, you know, he, he's, he's, he's there as a presence, but, you know, it's, it's, it's nice to have him there. And, you know, he's, he, he's sort of very much in the background, but, you know, he, he's, he also knows when to sort of step back and let the people he's employed sort of get on with it and do their job, him and Annabelle, yeah. So, which again, is great because you feel, you know, you feel safe and you feel like you can, you know, you're like supported and able to, to do your job. What did you think when you got this script then? And did you have sort of the ending to it? And was it all there on the page? Or was this it was all there on the page. And I, I have to say it was the um, stage direction. Um, I can't remember the exact wording, but um, he orgasms and feels her orgasm at the same time. That, that, was the, that was the clincher. I was like, wow, okay, if I can, if I can do that. I've never read a stage direction in a script like that before, but if I can get away with that, then, you know, th- this is something I really want to <laughs> have a go at. Yeah, and it's, that, it, it almost goes in a really positive way when it goes down that avenue, and then it kind yeah. of turns back and gets worse yeah. again, it gets scary. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's why it's such a great little sort of, I mean, it's it's only a mini little little story, but there's so many twists and turns in it that make it, you know, such as it's like it's a roller coaster. You know, it's it's over quickly, but you feel like you've sort of been put through the ringer. And, and you were talking about the fans before. You know, people noticing stuff and Easter eggs, and a lot of people have commented to me about, "Oh, you're in that other episode, and what does that mean that you're in this one?" So the, the other thing that makes me laugh is so many people have pointed out because my name is La Pain that 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 the the casting of me as the Pain Doctor is some sort of meta comment. Being in safe hands with Charlie Brooker because this is a really intense role. Yeah. It's going to be a mem- like a yeah. memorable image of Doctor Dawson in front of the the um, mirror, and you kind of see the tooth go. Oh my god, <laughs> it's great though. So what's it like? What's it like seeing the script and then getting to play it? It's kind of a dream. Oh, it's great. I mean, yeah, it is a dream. I mean, um, Charlie and the director um, Cole McCarthy, they're, they're big fans of this other show. I do catastrophe. Um, oh, yes, I don't know if you've seen your it. character is a terror. He's a terror, yeah. but so <laughs> so I think they quite like the extremities to to which I went in that, and sort of just decided to see if they could take that even further. Um, so, um, <laughs> which I'm more than happy to do. And as I was saying before, when you know, as an actor, when you're in good hands, you, 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 it makes you want to sort of go for it. And and God, I mean, when else do you get the chance to do that sort of extreme sort of storytelling um so yeah so again yeah as i said like you know um charlie's such a brilliant you know weaver of tales and so more than happy to slice my face um into bits and get my kid off and jump into bed and drill tramps through the head in a back alley how did you prepare for that element of the role (laughs) for the for the sort of latter half of it well, I don't know. You, you, I guess you can't really prepare for that sort of stuff. You just have to. Um, That's what you tell the police. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I, I think the point is, is, I think I may have said earlier, is that, you know, I mean, he, he's an addict. So I was sort of, you know, rather than thinking about the specifics of the story, just thinking about what, how extreme sort of addicts behavior is, you know, wh- whether it's 
they're addicted to drugs or pain or whatever, how far people go, you know. Um, so I, I think there's, a, you know, it was sort of a metaphor for all of that as well. So, you know, and, and, and I think I may have said to you earlier as well, what I said to the director was, I'm just, I, I mean, you can't, you can't afford to be polite or overthink it as well as an actor. You just have to, um, sometimes you just have to throw yourself out there and, and trust the director's going to pull you back if you, um, start making too much of a fool, fool of yourself but having said that you have to be prepared to make a bit of a fool of yourself as well what's a shame is that the doctor character obviously starts somewhere that we can understand and then morally goes through the window and... yeah i think so i mean i think he's um he's having his own dilemmas at work you know he's sort of losing people and i think you know he's he, he you know rollo picks on him because he's vulnerable he's not someone he's he's not at the top of his game he's uh Dawson is, you know, he's sort of, he's having a little existential crisis, and and you know, he's losing people on the on the on on the floor, and and I think, you know, and it's probably maybe his job's in danger. You know, I can't quite remember the specifics of what we talked about or what's in the script, but I, I always sort of got the point that I always sort of had the idea that you know, when we meet him, he's someone who's looking for an escape or an answer or help, you know, and I think Rollo praise on that with him as well um but yeah you know again you know the sort of the 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 people weighed into sort of experiments and i think you know healthcare is a really good metaphor for that people weighed into sort of trials and doing things that w without sort of thinking through the you know the repercussions of it I, I think you know without getting too heavy about it all i think it's such a sort of you know medical tech is sort of is a whole other area you know that 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 I think they're exploring that in that episode too. I think also with with medicine comes the horror of a state you can't reverse. So comas come up a lot, like twice in Black yeah. Museum and yeah. in other episodes. And and communication. So you yes. locked out of human contact yes. communication. It's certainly in the next in the next story, which is really heartbreaking with Jack and Gary yeah. in that coma. Yeah. And what I really what sort of kind of got me was when she was in that coma, she had that green and red light system that was really simple yeah, yeah. it's a huge breakthrough and and she could communicate and actually being yeah. like a monkey yeah is, is actually the same state at the end of the day it's just forever no yeah I, I think it's the same thing that sort of i was saying before is like you know that that you know that we think and in many ways it does technology offers us you know a way to sort of break through barriers but in a way you know often it just sets up more barriers between us you know um and you know i mean it's just all sort of i don't think charlie's trying to sort of give any answers but i think it's sort of setting up a lot of questions and it's really important to question it i think you know wh whether it's whatever sort of tech you know to sort of for everyone to have a philosophical argument about it because it, it is such a huge part of all our lives now and i think you know w w when you make a drama out of it make a horror story out of it or you know those three stories i think it's a really good way of having that discussion because you see on twitter you know everyone's sort of weighing in and you know sort of it's a really good way rather than reading a very sort of dry medical document or an article in the newspaper or something it's it's a way to engage people and have that conversation i think that's one of the great things about the show as well as well as it's sort of you know great storytelling and all that sort of stuff I, I think it sort of makes a generation of people sort of stop and think which that's a good thing
right? Yeah, it takes huge dilemmas and dramatizes them, and yeah. even on quite small levels. So, talking about hang the DJ, so that dating app, you could have made it tap tap tap, swipe swipe swipe, just yeah. like Tinder or something. But actually, yeah. it becomes a conversation between the coach voice and yeah. whoever's holding it. So, yeah, he, he tends to dramatize all of our interaction with these devices and make it so yeah. the audience can watch. And Yeah. And also, I mean, the thing that I liked about the story I was in was that it starts out as this really great thing. Oh, my God, we've got this amazing tech and we can do this thing. And, you know, and it's, you know, it is in terms of the drug metaphor. It's like, oh, I've just taken this drug. It's working beautifully. It's, you know, I'm seeing the world, for, you know, the way I've never seen it before. But there is a point where, you know, everything has an equal and opposite reaction. And I think that that Dawson story sort of tells that really well, where there comes a point where a line is crossed and suddenly, you know, you can start heading the other way. And it's the same with tech. You know, we, when, you know, iPhones and or, first came out, I remember thinking, people, everyone thinking, this is the greatest thing ever. But, you know, that they're also, along with the good, there's the bad as well, you know. Um, and I think, again, that's what I loved about our story is that it starts off as this sort of, you know, breakthrough sort of invention, but it does eventually come back to bite him in the face. I was going to say on the ass, but on the face. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not subtle about the, the repercussions. No. But it's also a story about the dangers, which I never thought of, of like complete empathy. There's a difference between sympathy yeah. and empathy and going yeah. all the way into empathy. Yeah actually means you can't act and you can't do your job which might be a doctor it might be the person in charge of the tech but a responsible job you can't do it anymore because your mind's sort of been taken over yeah yeah and if you don't i mean i think there has to be you know i I think you know it's like i don't know it's like any profession that helps people there has to be a sort of healthy distance and i think again you know like he's so that doctor is so sort of submerged with his patients that it, it, it blinds him to, you know, he, he stops wanting to help people and starts just, you know, wanting to help himself, basically. You have to keep certain things at an arm's length, otherwise you go mad. And I think because he doesn't, because of the implant, because he's right in there experiencing everything along with the patients, it, he does go mad. You know, I think you know, that, that healthy distance sort of disappears and gets twisted. And yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's fascinating that, you know, these sort of metaphorical sort of little fairy tales that Charlie tells and they work on so many, have so many layers to them and there's so much sort of depth to them. And you can take them as a great story, like a thriller or a horror story or, or you know, whatever it is, or you can start to dissect it and see that there's actually a lot going on beneath the surface which again i think is why so many people love the show without maybe even sort of realizing why yeah that, i think that's really true and actually it's like dissecting the story with you is making me think the second story is also about a lack of boundaries between two yeah. people so the moment carrie's injected into jack's head you think well he's never having another girlfriend now because that is yeah insane yeah um, and then when she starts calling it our hands, he doesn't wash his hands after having a week. <laughs> yeah. And she says our hands, which is such a... Te- everyone who's been in a relationship, whether whichever side you've been on, you're like, yes, I've had that moment. Something's <laughs> yeah, exactly. so annoying. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And again, that's a story that starts off really well. Like, things are going brilliantly in the beginning. and But again, you know, for every force, there's an equal and opposite 
reaction you know so i think it's they're sort of cautionary tales in that way i think aren't they yeah don't put all your faith into this one thing or don't let don't let it go running and leave it maybe yes exactly um Mm. no exactly yeah and that that sort of human interaction is more complicated that technology is not just going to solve everything with an implant or a you know whatever it is that that it's actually much sort of more complicated than that your implant literally it's like a it's like an energy saving bulb (laughs) it's like the biggest one it's old school i'm sure when they when they make them you know in terms of the black mirror world now they're much neater but i know it's like this massive stud sort of sewn into the, the sort of ins- like a drill bit inserted into the side of my neck. Um, That's yeah, You're a pioneer. Yeah, I'm a pioneer. Sometimes you've got to, you know, look foolish in order to pave the way. And I, I love, you know, it's got a little blinking light as well when every time, every time there's sort of, you know, a bit of uh, sort of action or feeling going on, this, this little red light sort of blinks. Um, but yeah, no, it's great. I mean, it's hilarious. And I think they really wanted, you know, for it to be visible, for it to be there in terms of the story, that it wasn't something that was sort of hidden away. I think it was important that the audience could see it and see, you know, and sort of be aware of it, even subconsciously, that it was always there. Um, There's something a bit Frankenstein's monster about it. Exactly. It's, yeah. Exactly. It, it's, being, it's different to all the other ones where it's a little disc. Yeah, exactly. It's a bit, it's a bit sort of um, bit cumbersome, and yeah, it's one of those things when you look back at you know the first mobile phones, you go, oh my god, they were so huge, and you know that's probably the idea was that they would look back at that and go, oh my god, I can't believe how big it was. But um, yeah, no, it's great. And again, the the from in terms of the production, the attention to detail that the designers and everyone puts in, and the thought. That, that they all put into every every element is you know it, it, it's so worth it because people really do notice that sort of stuff do you know what I mean that's why again it's such a great show to work on because when people sort of care that much about it then you know you, you know you're onto a winner I think and also there's a difference you go from your story to the second one and already the tech has changed and it's, it's changed yeah yeah so exactly and I think that's sort of that that's that that little tour of the back of the black museum that Rollo gives, where he sort of you know like there's a sort of there's a sequence and a growth um, between each of the stories as as they develop and and stuff. I think that's also really clever. You know, sort of the older exhibits in the in the museum as opposed to the newer ones. You feel the passage of time between those yeah. stories. Yeah. I think he mentioned, Douglas Hodge mentioned, his clothes become like more and more dilapidated. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, he, he, he's, he's a younger man. Like in that very first story, he, he's, he's recounting a sort of time when he was younger as well and his, you know, his, his past and his history as well. So I think that's really clever as well. So what did you think of the last story, the ending, which is, is difficult and complicated, but kind of satisfying to a certain extent? Yeah, I thought it was really touching. I thought, I thought, um, are you talking about Nish and her dad? Yes. Yeah. yeah, I just thought that was really, um, I thought it was beautifully sort of handled. And um, yeah, I thought it was really sort of clever, but also very sort of moving. And I thought all the performances were brilliant in that. Um and it's it's very satisfying as an ending, you know. Um, you, you, all that stuff with her getting in the car and sort of how, how that all sort of plays out. But I think, you know, in terms of it being a story of revenge and her relationship with her dad, and, you know, I thought that was all just 
handled. Because, you know, it wasn't just clever, it was also very moving, I thought, which is a difficult thing to pull off. And, and a bit more more moving and more um, fair than other Black Mirror judgments thing, because this is quite like White Christmas with a three-part story, and you have to watch the two stories to understand the last right. one, which I love as a structure. It's so clever. But yeah. in White Christmas, you feel that um, Bruce Ball's character gets quite a harsh sentence. Right. Because he's kind of left there forever, listening to I wish it could be Christmas every day. Whereas there's an element of... She deserves a good ending. Her mum's sort of there in her head. Her niche. Yeah. Yeah, totally, totally. Um, yeah, and it's why, you know, it's it's it sort of rounds it. I mean, it's so cleverly done. Yeah, exactly. She does she does deserve a good ending and especially when we realise what's happened to her and her family and stuff. And how he's exploited it. How, you know, this man has sort of exploited people's suffering in order to, you know, for his own fame and his own money and you know and it's it's great to sort of see someone like that get their come up i think you see you see at the end how monstrous he is like she has been orphaned almost as a direct result yeah of all of this. yeah of his i know it's 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 terrible but you know again with with the with black mirror it's it's you know all of this stuff which is why it makes it so scary and you know all of this stuff as we know could just be around the corner so it's not like it's these extreme, it's not, you know, Game of Thrones. It's not something sort of extreme and otherworldly. It's of this world, but yet in a sort of, you know, it's a, it's, it's a world that we can all sort of envision. Just going back to season one, what, is, what was it like getting that script and working on the entire history of you? Yeah, I, I just thought it was really clever. I didn't really know much about the show, obviously, because it was season one. And I, I, yeah, I just thought, I mean, I, I didn't have a lot to, to do in that and normally probably wouldn't have done a part like that because there wasn't a lot to do there for me. But because I loved the script and thought it was so clever and was dealing with stuff that I'd thought about you know, those sort of things that we all think about. And, you know, Toby Kebbell's a great actor and stuff. So, you know, I mean, I was sort of happy to do it, but I didn't really know very much about the world of Black Mirror because I'm not sure whether any of them had... Were they standalone episodes at first or...? I think when you... I'm imagining none of them would have come out. Yeah, maybe not. Yeah, and then I saw... And then I did that and I didn't sort of didn't really know what it was I was doing, but sort of thought, wow, this is a really good story. And then I, when I saw the pig one with Rory Kinnear, I can't remember what that one was called. Um, it's the national anthem. Yeah, I thought, OK, this is pretty damn good. And um, yeah, I mean, as I said, even though like I've, I've only got like a, I'm only sort of in it for a second, but um, it's still sort of bizarrely something that so many people sort of refer to because so many people watch Black, Black Mirror. Um, yeah, so, but it, it's it's really good as far as I remember that episode, um, you know, and it sort of feels again like it's sort of got technology that might just be around the corner if it hasn't already arrived. Dif- it was a different Yeah, it was story. different, but also just, you know, smart and and clever and and no one had done that thing where you go god yeah 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 this is this is someone's dealing with this shit that we're all sort of trying to navigate this new world that you know we all sort of are obsessed with and talk about but no one's really sort of managed to put it up on screen in a way that you know speaks to us 
as clearly and ask so many questions, you know, and that's, that's, that's why it's so special, I think. And people have tried and people try and do sort of tech based TV and it just doesn't, it's not as successful. I don't think uh, for whatever reason, I don't know, because it doesn't ring true somehow, but this, these, these, even when they're, you know, USS Callister and out of space, they still ring true. They still sort of, they're rooted in a reality that, you know, um, we can relate to, I think. I think you start with people who are from our world or just 15 minutes to the future, I think it's called. Yeah. But yeah. they don't react in crazy ways. I think the exception could be Dr. Dawson, who seems <laughs> to react in, in very exaggerated ways. But then he has the earliest kind of implant and yeah. it has a big like its effect yeah. to, to gently get you to empathize more with the patients. It was yeah. feel their pain and find it somewhere yeah. in you, yeah. which is a very big, it's, it's going to have big acting around it. Like someone's a heart attack. You're not yeah. sitting there going, it's a heart attack. I'm... <laughs> no, I that was You're that's be like, quite oh. hard. <laughs> that's quite hard. To, it was hard to do. I have to say it was, it was quite sort of when we were filming, it, I'm now remembering when we were filming it, it's quite exposing to sort of, it's, it was a weird thing to stand in a hospital room, not a real hospital, obviously, but some poor person, another actor is lying on a gurney having a heart attack and I'm there holding them and basically having an orgasm while they're having a heart attack. That's a weird thing to go into work to do. It's awkward. It, it is very it's awkward. It's awkward. But I sort of, again, because you trust the team around you and you know that it's Black Mirror, you just go, oh, I've got to go for it. And I've got to just, you know, you can't hold back and you can't be polite and you can't worry about what people think. You just have to sort of do it and... Yeah, that was an odd day at work. I remember this poor man sort of, yeah, the, I think it was the senator. Uh, he was having his sort of, he'd been poisoned and he was having, he was in the throes of sort of pain. And I'm sort of there sort of groaning and moaning and just getting off on it. That was odd, I have to say. But, um, but sort of funny and sort of fun at the same time. Remember Doug Hodge going back to Doug Hodge because <laughs> we hadn't been in sort of those scenes together. Him standing on the other side of the bed, sort of looking at me as I was oh, oh, sort of ro rolling my eyes back and throwing my head back, just and looking at him, going, "Is this? Is what I'm doing? Is it? Is it mad and stupid?" And he said, "No, it's great. Keep going." So I remember that day very well, and he sort of gave me the courage to um, keep going, going for it. <laughs> And not apologising. I think that um, it has it has to be a big piece of acting to make us believe that someone can go from empathy to cruelty because, yeah. because you enjoy it because no one's a villain and I'm sure as an yeah. actor, that's you have to go into every story like that no matter yeah. who you play in it. Yeah, I mean, again, like I said to you before, it's like a drug. He's a drug addict, you know, and and he is getting off on his drug, which is, you know, this, this implant thing that, um, getting off on other people's pain and their pleasure as well. And that's sort of the only way I could sort of make it real in my head at least was, you know, and drug addicts, you know, like addiction can make people do really extreme things and, and, you know, and uh, I don't know, do you know what I mean? Like, like it's not, it's not a sort of polite state of affairs. People, people climb the walls to, you know, get a hit and that's sort of, you know, that's what, what I saw him as, basically. It could be both um, acting out of character or really revealing of the character, and it feels like in this case he became someone else. He wasn't this person originally. Right. Well, that's that's what drugs do, do to your kids. 
That's, that is the message of this podcast in every yeah. episode. We're <laughs> yeah. never, never pro-jobs. But interestingly, I, I spoke to the lead of Playtest a couple of days ago, so Wyatt Russell, and Playtest in season three, it's, when, it's a gaming one. And it's I really haven't immersive. seen that, yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll try to spoil it. It's, it's a horror kind of thing, and I find right. it hard to watch. But it's like a drug trip. Right. It's, it's like this immersive technology that is a bit like leaving leaving your body and leaving your consciousness okay. and going on this ride. Yeah. It's just that unfortunately with Dr. Dawson, he, he doesn't get to get off it. It no, becomes he who he is. <laughs> he doesn't. Um but you know, I mean I think there's probably like what we were talking about before, metaphors for um addiction with tech as well, you know. I mean I don't want to read too much into it, but um you know, and sort of the you know, I mean, they say, you know, that checking, that getting a sort of Twitter notification is, releases the same chemicals in the brain as, as opiates. You know, I mean, you know, I mean, I think these worlds are all sort of crossing over into each other. And I think, you know, again, without sort of wanting to be too extreme about it, I think, you know, th- that's the world we're exploring, I think, as well. Well, actually, with um, Facebook have recently sort of changed how much news they're going to put on their feed, which affects us as a news organisation. They've also said that there is something addictive about behaviour on a mobile phone, reading Facebook feeds and other feeds. Yeah. It's true. So it's kind of the work we put out as well. Of feeding yeah. And did you hear about the text neck as well, which is all these people with really bad neck problems from um, texting and that they're all having to go to see chiropractors and it's an actual condition now they've called text neck we're being ruined exactly Uh, the one that ron howard's daughter was in oh nosedive yeah is that the one where you rate people yeah, and um, I was discussing this with, with Gina, who's the voice of coach, and she was like, oh, it's like, you know, Uber Uber ratings. I never want yeah, to know. Yeah, it is. And I said, well, you can look at yours. You can look <laughs> it up on your phone. I don't want to know. Um, it's, it's, but I, I sort of, I wanted my teenage daughter to watch that. I sort of had watched it and then said, you've got to watch this, thinking that it would completely change her sort of, you know, awareness of social media she thought it was great but i don't think it changed very much but there you go at least you know at least it sort of prompted a discussion god i feel i feel for them having to navigate that world you know it's it's tough you know and and it's you know it uh, like i was saying before it's it's addictive and it's you know releases different chemicals in the brain even though we don't realize it at the time and it's you know it takes a great deal of self-restraint and willpower to pull yourself out of the the sort of um, rabbit hole of <laughs> of social media, especially. Any kids your daughter's age? Did any of their parents not give them a phone at what ten years old? Like they have to have a phone. You have to. Yeah, we sort of held off. My my poor daughter had one of those Nokia bricks for you know for a while, and and and. But I think no, I think it's getting younger. I think parents are giving their kids phones much younger, and I think I don't know. I don't know what the figures are on that, but you know because it's. It's also a sort of instant babysitter for people when when kids start getting restless. If you you know put a screen in front of them, it'll you know calm them down a bit. <laughs> it's like that video of this two-year-old girl. It's a couple of years old now, and she's she's doing a Zoom thing on a magazine. Oh, I saw yeah, swiping oh, on a, on a magazine. Yeah, it's brilliant, isn't it? Not, I'm trying to work out why the image isn't changing. Yeah, human beings are amazing, but that is terrifying. Yeah, and 
on on that subject, I think "Be Right Back" is probably the one that I keep returning to in my mind, and so that's the one just after the entire history of you when Donald right. comes back from the dead. I haven't seen that. No. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. I won't say any more about that. The social media plays a part, and it's, it's about grief, right. really, which I think right. Black Mirror is about. It's yeah. About loss and the yeah. human instinct is I want it back, but yeah. actually that doesn't work. Yeah. Mm. It do- yeah. Exactly putting old people in the cloud. It wasn't that the line from mm, yeah. one of them. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. 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 But um, anyway, yeah, no, it was, it was, um, uh, it was great fun to do as well. And, and, you know, I think we were so lucky with the cast and yeah, I, I just loved it. I had a, a great time doing it and it was an honor and a joy to be there. Even stripped naked and my face hacked to bits. <laughs> Well, you know, did you not get into acting to go to places you would never experience yourself? Exactly, so. exactly. I, I, exactly, but I didn't think I'd ever have to do that. It, I will say, it's what, I think it'll be one of the images of the series, is that slow pan from, what is he doing, <laughs> what is he doing, to the mirror, and you're like, Jesus! And then the tooth, yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> you have one of the best horror scenes ever, <laughs> so... Lucky you. Lucky me. Yeah, well done. But I think we've solved all of Black Mirror now. We've I think, well, I think we have. I think we yeah. have. I think we have. Great to sort of, um, you know, dissect it like this. Um, and, you know, I know it's a show that has a lot of fans and it's, you know, I, I think it's, as I said before, it's such a great way of everyone engaging in this conversation about, you know, technology and what it means and, you know, how to, how it sort of, is, is potentially going to affect all of our lives and how it is affecting our lives. So I'm glad to be part of that conversation. It's nice that people are coming up to you and saying they even remember you from from the earlier episode. It sticks with people. No yeah, I'm like, are. hang on, what about all my other bloody work? <laughs> have, you, have you had much work since you removed all the teeth? Or... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> let, let's, say, let's say I've been doing a lot of voiceovers since then. <laughs> So thanks to Daniel LePayne for Skyping in to talk to us about playing Dr. Peter Dawson in Black Museum. So if you enjoyed our podcast today, please rate, review, subscribe, click all the stars, um, come up with some smoke signals to tell the world how much you enjoyed it, draw a very large cross on an old pirate treasure map and lead people to it, because the more you do all of these things, the more other people can find this podcast and enjoy it too. Thank you very much for listening. Goodbye.